what's up what's up my highness queens we are back with another episode of bluntly black girls and guess fucking what highness queens we have made it we have made it to the end of the year it is december and we have released an episode every month this year of 2022. I cannot tell you how excited that makes me, how proud I am. And don't get me wrong, I'm very proud of myself. <laughs> but a lot of me being able to stay consistent has so much to do with y'all and y'all really showing me that you care and that this content is something that is valuable and that these are people that you want to talk to. These are highness queens that you want to see. And that there are so many of us out there that are just dying to hear other stories that are like ours. And I'm just, I'm just so very grateful and thankful and excited to see what we do next. Because we're in this thing together. Like, y'all stuck with me now. Like, we friends and stuff. Like, we smoking sisters. So, again, I just want to say thank you to every single one of you that have listened, shared, commented, liked, uh, talked to me. Let me know what you were smoking through my stories. Like, I truly, truly appreciate and value every single one of you. Now, with all that said, I hope y'all are having some really happy holidays. And, you know, one of my favorite things to do, it like, literally in the entire world is read and especially black authors. So before the year was up, I wanted to make sure that I did a book review episode. This is something that I've been dying to do, and I was just looking for the right person to do it. And baby, I found her. I found her. I found a highness queen that loves to read, and we talked about a book. And that book was You Made a Fool of Death with Your Beauty, I am so going to say this wrong, so I really apologize in advance, but this book is by, oh Jesus, Akweke Aqua, MZ. I believe that's how it is, and I promise you I'm trying my absolute hardest. I'm also a little high, so you know, your tongue be getting in the way and stuff sometimes when you got caught in mouth, so that made it even more difficult, but I think that is how you say it, M Z. Akweke MZ. So that is the book that we are talking about. If you have not read the book yet, I definitely suggest you reading the book before you listen to this episode because some things, most things will be given away. So um, this is your fair warning. Also want to give a trigger warning. We do talk a little bit um, about violence against women. So again, I want to make sure that that trigger warning is there. I also give a trigger warning in the episode before we start actually talking about that. And if you read the book, I'm sure you understand how that kind of comes into play. So, um, yeah, this episode was dope. I, I don't know if I actually said her name. Jackie. My girl Jackie of The Book Joint came through, put a few in the air, and we just discussed this book and what we felt and how we felt about the characters, what we felt in... Um, about how the drama played out, because there was some baby, there was some drama. Um, and also, we talked about who we would cast if there if this book was being turned into a film, which is always fun. I, I really love playing that game. So, 
let's get into this episode. If you have read the book, I really want to hear your feedback. Like, let's talk about things. How did you feel about the characters? How did you feel about Fahey? Do you know if that's actually how you pronounce her name? Because, my gosh, I don't know. Who was your favorite character? Who is your man crush? Who is your woman crush? Like, I have questions. Let's talk. Let's discuss this book. And why not, of course, do it high. With that said, we're going to get into this episode. I want to say thank you once again for every single listener out there. I hope you have a wonderful holiday season, an amazing happy new year. Don't forget, January 2nd, we are doing a vir- virtual vision board party because there's nothing like starting the year off with a vision of what we want. Because when I started 2020 off, 2022, I'm sorry, off, I had a vision and I'm happy to say that we hit most, not all, but most of the milestones and it makes me feel so amazingly grateful. So I definitely want to make sure to put that same exact energy into 2023 and I want to do it with y'all. So let's do this virtual vision board party. All right. I think that's it. Let's get high and talk about this book. So let me introduce who came to smoke with me today. It is my girl, Highness Queen Jackie. And I'm just so amazingly excited about this episode. And like the book lover in me is just like a little kid in the library for the first time. Mm-hmm. Joy, just pure joy. So um, tell us about yourself. Tell us about yourself and your relationship with cannabis, Jackie. All right, all right. So my name is Jacqueline, but most people call me Jackie. Nobody actually calls me Jacqueline. It's it's really weird. <laughs> but um, so yes, uh, a little bit about me. I am the CEO of the Book Joint, which is a platform where I promote, you know, reading to the Black community. Um, aside from the Book Joint, I always I also have Jackie's Joints, which is more so like the muse for the music lovers as well. So I kind of like those are my babies, pretty much. Um, Aside from that, I'm also a family therapist in the state of Florida, so that's like my main occupation, Um, and I'm from Miami as well. Uh, As far as like my relationship with cannabis, um, it, first of all, I love it, let me just say that. (laughs) Right, I agree. Um, (laughs) So, but for me, it helps me with my creativity. You know, being a therapist, I do deal with a lot of, like, trauma and stressful stuff at work. So a lot of times when I want to, like, get in that creative mode, I really can't because I'm still dealing with the stuff from work. So the joints pretty much help with me being able to just, like, really just think and allow my mind to just flow. Because I'm also a poet, so that helps kind of, like, I think I make some of my best poems while I'm high, honestly. I fully agree. I'm I'm the same yeah. one. I produce some of my best work, huh? It, mm-hmm. And and it even surprises me sometimes. Like, oh, I did that. No, I'd be like, who wrote that? I wrote right. That. <laughs> I did that. That was me. Mm-hmm. That's dope. So, I love that you have so many facets to you. Like before this, I did not know that you um, were also a therapist. I feel like I have saw the Jackie's Joint page. Um, but I really focused in on the, the book joint Yeah, and like you just, and a poet, like 
multifaceted woman. I love it. <laughs> we're now we're gonna have to have <laughs> you come back for like a music episode and like a therapy episode because we're all I your was, friends. I would be down for that. Yes, I would totally be down for that. You go book me, girl. I got it. I'm yeah. here for it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, because it's all about, like you said, especially in a job like you have, you have to find your release. You have to find mm-hmm. what grounds you and um, what helps you be a whole person so that you can help others find their wholeness. Right. So right. I also want to say I commend you because I, I uh, mental health is a, a very huge part of the podcast and a very huge part of my life over the last couple of years. And I... I don't want to say empathize because I feel like that has a negative connotation to it, but I, um, I understand the level of boundaries that therapists have to have and the level of self care that they have to make sure is done to be that help for other people. And, um, I'm just very grateful for people like you. Yeah. And that's a great point because a lot of times people feel like, um, you know, since I'm a therapist, I'm supposed to just have it all together. And that is completely, it's the opposite. I'm just as stressed as my clients. So I have to make sure that I'm, you know, I'm okay. And I can honestly say the weed does help with that. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Yeah, self-care is definitely huge when it comes to being a therapist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But again, I just wanted to give thanks for people like you because you are amazingly important i appreciate that thank you yeah so um it it's that's very much the reason why i use cannabis um to well one of the reasons to help me you know with my creative process and help like unlock some of those windows doors walls or whatever when you have that writer's block or that created creativity block i'm like you know what let's light up and then yeah. just see what happens. And then after mm-hmm. you see what happens, I'm like, see? Gold. Gold right there. Yeah. 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 Yep. I agree. Uh, there's a lot of benefits to just cannabis. I love it. That's all I can say. I love it. Mm-hmm. How <laughs> long have you it. been um how long have you been smoking or consuming cannabis? Uh, I started when I was in college. Uh so what, probably since like why hmm. Because I don't remember when I first started smoking. I just remember when things kind of progressed, I guess you could say. But I know it was was in college for sure. Probably like my sophomore year. Yeah, was it like something that you just wanted to explore? Or was it like you was at a party and everybody was high and you were like, hey, fuck it, let's do it? It was kind of kind of the second sort of. My (laughs) cousin, who's also like one of my best friends, he, I call him like a mini Wiz Khalifa because he, he can blow. Like, <laughs> so we were in the same, uh, we, well, we didn't go to the same college, but we were in the same uh, city during the time that I was in college. And he would come over and we would like, I would smoke with him. And I found myself like, we started smoking more and more and more and more. And it became like a, a recreational social type of thing in college, of course. And, um, but it I would say things took a turn for me when I learned how to roll by myself. Oh, I'm so jealous. When I, yeah. When I learned how to do that in college, it, that was it. Like, it was over. Solo smoking was like my thing, but um, I got more 
more intentional with it when I started smoking by myself because it, it was just literally just me, my thoughts, and, you know, the joint or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I was able to kind of, like, really tap in a little bit more when it came to, like, just my creativity. And so from there, it kind of picked up. And then when I moved back home, I was still living with my parents at that time. So, you know, the stresses of being alone in college to moving back with your parents, that kind of, like, elevated my right. my um THC consumption as well so yeah yes yeah, I need to a joint to deal with all this because I am an adult mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> and it is hard living with I'm your like, mom and daddy yeah. when you're an adult yeah my mom like gave me a curfew and I'm like come on you know I just came from college but like okay <laughs> so I had to deal with the stresses of being back like dependent again because I was very independent in college so that was very very stressful because it was an adjustment and so I would like you know smoke but it was more so because I still wanted to create I still wanted to write and I didn't want that to overshadow anything so I would like often smoke so I can just clear my mind to still write my poetry and things like that yeah I love it I love um anytime Um, We are being intentional with our consumption. I think that's the best way to do anything, really. But um, the best way to have the best experience, you know, with cannabis is to be intentional about it. Um, Remind me after this to get your address because I'm going to send you um, one of my box sets. Um, I already made it and I was like, oh, I might as well just wait till I get her on the, on the thing, but, uh, it's a box set and it has a a journal in it and it's called the intentional highness journal. And it's basically so you can track your experiences, how they make you feel, what you used it for, what the end result was so that if you want to have that experience again, you know what to reference back to. So I would love to send you one. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. When I was reading your, your, like your, your info thingy, I was like, oh, She's she's the one. She's the one who needs it. <laughs> I love that. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, definitely. So I'll make sure to get that out to you. Um, now, before we move forward, because again, mental health is very important to me. Um, I wanted to, I always like to check in on my guests and see how they're doing, how your mental health has been, how your week has been. Um, because I don't, I don't know that we ask each other that enough. Um mm-hmm. So I want to check in with you um, and see how you been. I've been good. Um, this week has been pretty chill um, because I haven't really had a lot of clients at work because everybody's getting ready for the holidays. So I can say uh, less stress this week, a lot of productivity. So I've been feeling, you know, good. Looking forward to Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah. I know. It's. Yeah. I just realized this morning, like, oh, I only have to work three days next week. It's, it's a little hard for me to be, like, in a mood when I know I only got a three-day week next week. Right. It's like, oh, okay, yeah. We, we just going to smash. And then you get food in the middle of that. Like, it's fine. Yes. And the food <laughs> lasts, like, a week. So it's like, ooh, and I don't have to cook next week because I'm going to eat Thanksgiving leftovers. Mm-hmm. It's going to be great. <laughs> See, you're, you're very... You, I think you think like me because I'm very much a forward thinker. So I'm always like, yeah. okay, what are the long-term benefits of A, Y, or A, B, and C? And that's mm-hmm. exactly how my brain would be like, yeah, I only have three days and then I'm going to have food and then I'm going to have food for later, right? Yes, yes. So this is just yes. better. Definitely. <laughs> yes. When's your, when's your sign? I'm a Leo. A Leo. Okay. My moon is in Leo, so... 
I, I feel you. Okay, so <laughs> are we gonna have to have you on for like another episode? Because I really want to get into like the astrology and the the houses mm-hmm. and the moons and the stars because all I know is that I'm a Leo. Which yeah, don't get me wrong, I love astrology. I was super into it when I was younger, but mm-hmm. then it was just like, oh, are you a Leo? And this is what a Leo is about. Blah blah blah. But I've never delved into it deeper. So I would love right. to know like what my other things are. <laughs> yeah. Afterwards I can definitely send you this link and um the link it'll like show you all of your um like all of your placements and all of the planets mm-hmm. and then it'll give like a long um explanation of each one so you kinda get an idea of what it actually means and how it shows up in your in your personality. So I'll definitely give you that link. Yeah, because I think that's um I'm very interested. To have an episode mm-hmm. all about that because you know, it's very. It's, I I love thinking about how people's brains work and their emotions and all of that, and so it's it's just fascinating to me. Yeah. Um. What, yeah, what's your sign? I'm a Virgo. Oh, my best friend's a Virgo. Yeah. Shout out to your best friend. Yeah. <laughs> Are you an August yeah, Virgo a, or September? August. See? August twenty six. You lie. I'm August, That's her birthday? I'm on August 16th. She's the 29th. Really? Yeah. Oh, I love that. My cousin is um August 29th. That's Michael Jackson's birthday. Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. my brother is... Oh, he's going to hear this and talk shit. He's either the 27th or the 28th. I never can remember. Okay. <laughs> but one of them days. So but August... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm surrounded by August babies. Like, I know so many August babies because, I mean, we're just fucking awesome. It's just, like, it's, like, honestly, my favorite holidays, Christmas, my birthday. That's all I really need. Yeah. Those Mm -hmm. are my favorites. And and really, I celebrate my birthday the whole month of August because there's so many other birthdays. I'm like, let's just have, like, one big month-long party. Right. Yeah. I love that. I'm here for it. Yeah. So maybe (laughs) next August, I'll have to come out to Miami and we can hey, celebrate it. Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm so I'll take you to all the dope spots. Just let me know. I love this plan already. Where are you located? I'm in California. I'm in the Bay Area. Okay. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, and I think you're the second person I've had on from Florida. And the other uh, person, I don't remember if they were in Miami or somewhere else, but... When she was on, it was last year, and she said that you guys were medicinally legal, but not recreational. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that still what it is now? Yeah. Oh. Still like it. That's so hard. That's such a hard life. Because, mm-hmm. and I remember she no, was I... running down all you have to do to get a, a medicinal card, and I was like, girl, that's work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a lot. Um, I actually just came from California a few months ago. Cause I um went to the Smoking Grooves Festival in uh, LA. Yeah, it was in it's in it was in LA. It was like it's like this big old festival. Janae Aiko, Erica Badu. It was great, <gasps> and it was my first time. Like, yeah, it was great. It was my first time in Cali, and I just love the fact that I could literally like walk down the street and go and get my joint. Like, it all was, you was, need like, is oh, your ID. God. I like, I, I want to live here. Like, right. Every time, like every time I think about moving out of California, I'm like, but the weed. 
but yeah. the weed is it's good shit and mm-hmm. it's easy access. Right. Well, I knew that was my fault. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but um, yeah, definitely. I, I love Cali. Yeah. Y'all so lucky. I'm getting this. <laughs> you know, I like all the hoops y'all have to jump through to just get what should be already legally available to all of us anyways. It's just yeah. crazy to me. It's just like if you're going to make it medicinal or whatever, don't make it that hard. Right, right. Like, But you, you know how they do. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, it's okay. Right. We don't keep <laughs> We gonna keep uh, going to the polls. We gonna keep doing what we need to do. You know, busting down doors and building our own tables, and um, eventually, this I truly believe this will be recreational everywhere in the United States. And so it's just a matter of when and how hard we fight to get it to happen sooner. Mm-hmm. I agree. I got faith. I got faith that mm-hmm. eventually we'll be taking that route. Yeah. So same. Um. <laughs> Well, this has been fun. Let's smoke a little bit. <laughs> I am sitting here with my um, my King Palm, and like I already popped the little cherry thing, and so I can mm-hmm. just smell the terpenes coming out. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> so um, let's do a quick rundown of what we're smoking today. Do you want to go first? Or do you want me to go first? It don't matter. I mean, I can go first. Okay, go ahead. Just because I need so to find I am, box. <laughs> I'm smoking uh, gelato. Mm. That's the strain. Um, I smoke. I typically smoke out of paper, like raw cone, um, the cones or whatever. Uh, let's see. This makes me feel very uh, relaxed, but euphoric at the same time. It has like a very sweet and like smooth taste, which I really appreciate because it's not like too harsh. Um, but yeah, I love it. And I'm still able to be productive with this strain too, so that's another reason why I really like this strain. Do so. you um? Do you? <laughs> I had like three questions, so I'm trying to figure out which one I'm gonna <laughs> ask first. Do you buy your rock? Like, where do you buy your rocks from? Just like from the corner store, or you buy them online? Yeah, from the um the gas station. It's like Girl. right around the corner from the Girl. Amazon. Huge, oh. yeah. I think this has like a hundred and fifty in it. Okay, and it's like thirty dollars. Really? Yeah. Okay, yeah, definitely. I'm gonna have to get that because I honestly hate going to the gas station just to get this. Yeah. <laughs> I was that's why when you said it, I was like, I wonder if she knows because when I found this big old, this is like probably the fourth or fifth one, um, because I prefer papers or um, the King Palms. Um, okay, but I just keep buying it over and over and over again because I mean you can't beat that price like a hundred and fifty of them right. things for thirty dollars. Yeah, because I think you get what three for like I don't know. I'm not gonna do the math right now. Um, but it, it's definitely cheaper. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Because I just did the math kind of in my head. I think the little thing that I just bought was like like almost four dollars, and it was it only came with three three of them. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so. So, I'm going to get that. Definitely worth it. And I think I just looked up, like, raw um, cones, and then they have the different sizes, like the quarter, Mm -hmm. the king size, and then they, um, I think these are the quarters, and you can just look for the 150 pack. 
Okay. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for that. Cause I'm gonna definitely get that for sure. Yep. I need to order me another one cause it's down to mostly sticks now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so, uh, gelato is one of my favorites. Um, but it's not, I, for me, I, it doesn't take much indica to make me sleep. So even hybrids I have to be careful with. And gelato is one of those ones. It's like an after work because I'm not going to fall asleep, but I also don't want to do anything. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, so like I would never smoke this before a session or something. Like I would never, right. because I'm just be like, Hey y'all. Like, <laughs> like nothing's going to get done, but you know, if I want to write or if I want to read, I think this is, you know, great because I'm just chilling, but I'm still able to focus on what it is that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So this is what I have. Uh, it's in a King Palm, and it's from a Golden State uh, is the brand, and it's called Honey Flower, and it's a sativa. Okay. Uh, the box says that the uh, it's a mood elevating strain with high THC levels and notes of sweet earth, vanilla, and black pepper. And Golden State is one of my favorite brands when I want to like splurge and spend money because they are not cheap, but they have good shit. And okay. um, that one of their other sativas, like I get so much work done, so much work done. It's like I'm a little robot pumping out shit. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, let me try this one. It's a sativa and um. It's good. I do zone in, but I feel like I only zone in for like maybe 30 minutes tops. And it's not as of a focused zone in. Um, but it's I still get high. I still like it. I just wouldn't put it as my like first thing in the morning. Like yeah. when I really need my my coffee joint, this would not be a coffee right. joint. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think that's like the benefits, you know, for y'all you know, since y'all can just go wherever and just get the weed here. If you don't have a, a medical card to go and get like from the dispensary, we don't really have the freedom of choosing which strain we want because mm-hmm. I mean, you get it from, you know, your plug and you get what they give you. So that's kind of like the sucky part of it not being legal down here. Yeah. When I was talking to the other person, she was saying that you guys only have like a few places to go and, only like a few brands like actually in the dispensaries mm-hmm. and I'm like how is that a life I like I don't yeah. realize how good I have it in California until I talk to somebody not in California because yeah. life is hard out there for y'all and I didn't realize realize how bad it was for us until I went to California and I saw I was like why can't we be like this like <laughs> come on now <laughs> like and we have like we have a lot of smoke shops. We do, but they sell um, majority CBD, and the THC that they do sell is like the um, Delta Eight, Delta Nine type of stuff. Mm-hmm. But right, that's about See, it. and that's another thing I really want to like delve into the difference between all the different cannabinoids and stuff, including Delta Eight and Delta Nine, because I know that there's a lot of that out there in the world right now, and I feel like most of the people who are consuming it probably don't really understand what it is. And those who aren't consuming it too, because just like me, I have, I really don't know. And I don't know that I would find benefit in it just because I have access to THC so easily. But that doesn't mean that there's other people that won't find benefit in it 
for whatever reason, you know, their own endocannabinoid system works better with Delta 9 and Delta 8 or whatever. So there's so there's so much information out there. And that's why I'm like, y'all, it's 20, about to be 2023. And y'all ain't figured out that this needs to be legal everywhere. If for no other reason, yeah. get money. <laughs> like Right, right. There's a book, um, what's it called? A Woman's Guide to Cannabis. I don't know if you mm-hmm. ever, you have, have you heard that? Yeah, so I read that book and um, it kind of helped me just understand more about the benefits for real, for real. And what, and like everything about THC and CBD. And I think that it really kind of helped me also be more intentional about, you know, what I smoke, when I smoke. How I like how I inhale it, like those type of things. So, I just, I just, yeah, we gonna we gonna keep working because y'all need to be like us. There's no reason. I agree. I agree. I agree. A hundred percent. And um, I don't know. All I can do is have faith and vote, of course. So we'll see. Right. There was no, cause I know the midterms just went by. There was no recreational anything on there, or they just didn't vote for it. Um, they just didn't vote for it. And, you know, I don't know if you know, but we always, the voting here, like, we always do, like, the dumb shit. Like, you know, Florida is a special place. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just like, I mean, I could have, I should have known it's Florida. Florida is a special place. I always see the most interesting stories. And it's always somebody from Florida. Yes, it's true. And I just, I'm like, y'all just, y'all just making us look bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, it's cool, whatever. Did you, do you remember like maybe a few years ago where there was like this trend where you put your name or I mean your birthday into to Google and you put mm-hmm. in Florida and it'll like yeah. list all the crazy random shit that be happening on your birthday. I was like, yep. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> Uh, some yeah, of the stuff I read, I was like, oh, my Lord. It's always something. Like, I'm like, oh, that's why I stay in the house. <laughs> so I think um, we can get into our high blessings. I think okay. uh, now that I'm taking a hit, a few hits of my King Pomp, you know, I really have to admit, this is not my favorite stream from them. It just does not hit me the same. Mm-hmm. And that makes me sad because it wasn't cheap. But yeah, <laughs> the great thing about weed is that even when it's not your favorite, you still get high. Yes, so, I agree. So no, I agree. I, I get it. I get what you're saying. I remember, um, I remember having some weed like a couple of years ago, and I was like, man, like I don't really like it like that. I mean, I'm high as fuck, but. I don't like it like that. So trust me, I get it. Right. Like, you're still not going to waste it. (laughs) So. Yeah, like, I'm a smoking, like, you know, but. Look, we don't. We don't don't waste trees over here. (laughs) That's a fact. Yes. So, since you uh, did your cannabis first, you said what you were smoking first, I will go ahead and go first with my high blessing. And my high blessing is real simple. Normally, I I feel like I have these, like, long affirmations or whatever. This one is just, I do the work to reach my goals. I rest when I need it, but I hustle hard. Sometimes I have to remind myself 
that one that you got to put in the work. I I think I'm a naturally inclined lazy person. Like mm-hmm. it's very easy for <laughs> me to do nothing. <laughs> so I have to remind myself like the the stars aren't going to come to you the the awards aren't going to come to you what you want your dreams your hopes your goals and all that is not going to come to you you have to go out and get it um right but then i will like do a complete 180 and where's the 360 i go from one extreme to the other is what i'm trying to say (laughs) and i will get hyper focused on what i'm doing and then I won't ever rest and I end up burning out. And it's just like this very vicious cycle of like burnout. You can do it. Go crazy. Burn out. Like it's just this very vicious cycle. So I think it's important for me to put all of that into one thought and make sure that I recognize each piece of this sentence is important. And so we need to give them like equal, equal footing. So that's my apple, my, my apple. My affirmation <laughs> uh, for today. I first, I just want to say I really appreciate that affirmation because I feel like it also resonated with me. Because I'm the same way. Like I have to try to find the perfect balance of like being super productive and taking that time to rest. Because sometimes I'm like the extreme, super productive, or I'm just lazy as hell and mm-hmm. I'm not doing nothing. But I have to kind of like you know find that balance. And also give myself permission to rest because sometimes I'm like, oh no, I can take a nap. I can take a nap later, but really I need to take the nap now. So thank you for that affirmation. Yes. I'm glad that it was helpful for both of us. Look at that. I love that. Um, so mine was, I have to look at my notes because <clears throat> yeah. Surround yourself with energies that resonate with your higher self. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, and I think, was... I think it's one of those that you can um, take what you need from it. Like whatever your higher self that you're looking for. Are you talking about in relationship? Are you talking about in yourself of self? Are you talking about your career or whatever? Like it's very dynamic. Yeah. And like, you know, a lot of times I feel like we feed those lower vibrational parts of ourselves and we forget about the higher self. So I feel like we have to, you know, just remember to surround ourselves with that type of energy so we can get to that point so right yeah yes 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 i love this (coughs) excuse me i'm feeling (coughs) i cough a lot i have to give this disclaimer on every episode i cough a lot don't worry i will start breathing again even but yes i'm feeling very affirmed and motivated and like balanced yes yeah okay. <laughs> um yeah because you know like you said i i i can be very lazy <laughs> very i love to sleep sleeping is my favorite mm-hmm. thing i actually have to convince myself not to take naps <laughs> um so i think you acknowledging that makes me also feel better like oh it's not just me i'm not alone oh, yeah, in this no. i'm not alone in this yeah. I'm right here with you. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I'm going to take another hit. And then we are going to 
get into this blunt talk and really i am actually even more excited to talk to you about this book now knowing that you are a therapist and a poet because i think you are going to see things in a different way than i did mm-hmm. like just being like you know a regular regular person um yeah so let's hit this real quick and then um I'm going to read a, a quick synopsis that I found online that the, I think okay. explains the overall book very well. Um, to any listeners, the book review that we're doing is You Made a Fool of Death with Your Beauty. And if you haven't read it and don't want to know what happens, you should probably leave now. Because we're just, <laughs> just going to say things and it, it I don't want it to get ruined for anybody so this is the smoke break for you to take pause and leave and come back after you finish the book yeah so my first question to you and this is not even about the book how do you know how to pronounce her name oh my god i am going to scream because (laughs) (laughs) oh my god because i remember while i was reading this book i'm like i don't know how the fuck to pronounce her name but I'm going to wait until I get on this podcast nope. because maybe she can tell me. Like, that was what I was hoping you would do. Because I was like, I do not. I know how I've been pronouncing it in my head, but I don't think it's right. And so I was like. I was, yeah, I was, how are you pronouncing it? Fahey? I was saying Fahey, but I was like, I feel like it's like Faye or something like yeah. that. I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I'm like about 99% sure I'm we now that are saying it wrong. But again, I feel better to know that there's someone else out there who is at least pronouncing it the same way. I was like, I'm just going to let her say the name first because I don't know if I'm right. <laughs> that is hilarious. I was like, I was like, oh, I'll just, same thing. I'll just wait for her to say it. And then I was like, damn, if I read the synopsis, I'm going to have to say her name. Yeah. Well, that is what I was hearing. Same. That is what we will call her. Um, (coughs) If it is a mispronunciation, please forgive us and tell us how to say it because I'd be very interested if one of our listeners know. Because I don't think we're saying it right. (laughs) Yeah. Um,. Oh, Lord, I don't think I've ever said her last name. Oh, I'm not. I'm trying. <laughs> uh, Fahey Adekola, I hope, uh, wants to learn how to be alive again. Now, this is the synopsis, and I actually forget where I got this from. Is this the... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's the synopsis on the inside of the book. <laughs> Didn't even realize, <laughs> didn't even realize that. Um, so Fahey Adekola wants to learn how to be alive again. It's been five years since the accident that killed the love of her life, and she's almost a new person now. An artist with her own studio, sharing a brownstone apartment with her ride-or-die best friend, Joy, who insists it's time for Fahey to ease back into the dating scene. Fahey isn't ready for anything serious, but a steamy encounter at a rooftop party cascades into a whirlwind summer she could never have imagined. A luxury trip 
to a tropical island, decadent meals in the glamorous home of a celebrity chef and a major curator who wants to launch her art career. She's even started dating the perfect guy, but their new relationship must be might be sabotaged before it has a chance by the overwhelming desire fate he feels every time she locks eyes with the one person who is most definitely off limits, his father. His This new life she asked for just got a lot more complicated and Faye must begin her search for real answers. Who is she ready to become? Can she release her past and honor her grief while still embracing her future? And of course, there's the biggest question of them all. How far is she willing to go for a second chance at love? Mm. So... That was weird. That felt weird. I'm not going to like editing this because I'm going to have to sit here and listen to myself just read that. I don't think I've ever, I don't think I've read out loud since like elementary school. <laughs> it's okay. Um, so that's the synopsis of the story. Um, and I just wanted to note that the New York Times book review said it is an unabashed owed to living with and despite pain and mortality. And I think that particular description really kind of was like, yes, this feels like a very concise way to sum this up. So I wanted to include that there. Um, now, with all that said, what, let's start off with ratings. Okay, just an overall rating. Uh, how many weed leaves? Because on my book reviews, I, I, I don't use stars. I use weed leaves. Because uh, okay. why not? Um, how many weed leaves would you give the book? Out of 10? Out of 5. Out of 5? Um, probably like 4. Yeah. That's about what I was going to say, too. I, I, there are parts where I want to say 3.5. But uh -huh. the more that I think about it, I was... I'm like, okay, you're maybe being a little hard. <laughs> so I would say mm -hmm. you can give a solid four and and that would feel right. Yeah, the reason why I didn't give it a five, honestly, for me is I just, I would have preferred more for the ending. Mm -hmm. Like that, I think the ending is probably what had me like, oh man. But I, I mean, I enjoyed the book. I, it was, um, I felt like I was watching the movie. Mm -hmm. And, um, so yeah, I'll sell four. Yeah. Um, so now during the review here, I don't I don't want to give away too much, but no. more talk about like what we felt for uh the characters in certain moments and like okay. overall. Um yeah, because I, I think that there was this book is not my typical read. Same. Um, I typically read more like Hot Ghetto Mess. This is what my dad calls it. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it's not a bad description. But uh, a little romance here and there. Um, but normally even the romance has some Hot Ghetto Mess going on involved. So this one was a little... I, I don't want to say not as urban because I mean obviously they're black they're in New York you're in these all these very and like her her speech patterns are very urban and all that but mm -hmm. it just didn't have like the grit 
that yeah, my normal, I, yeah, like my normal thug life books have. No, that's a fact. I, I could feel that. Yeah. And then, um, but then when I found out that she was a poet, like she started off uh, writing other kind of fiction and poetry, I was like, okay, that makes it a little makes me understand the writing a little bit more, like the the prose and like. I feel like there was a lot of times where she was describing things and I was like, get to it already. Yeah. Like, I don't need this many words to describe the rocks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> but then when, she, when I was like, oh, she's a poet, like poets tend to have a lot of words for like, right. really could have just been two. And maybe that's why I think I liked it so much because I enjoy the words and like, so like, that's why I was laughing because I'm like, oh my God, it's so true. She's right. But I actually like that, you know, but I think that could be the poet in me, you mm-hmm. know, so that makes sense. Yeah. Cause it was, yeah, there was a lot of times when I was like, whew, girl, get to whatever it is you are saying because mm-hmm. I really try hard not to skim. Like, my dad has instilled uh, unreasonable and unrealistic book values in my life. And to him, skimming is not reading. So it doesn't count. So I really fight to not skim. But when I get to a whole paragraph about somebody's, like, ankles, I can't. (laughs) It's very hard for me to read all of that. Um, Yeah. But with that said, I finished the book. I thought the book was good. And it wasn't as drawn out as some other books that I've read where I was like, damn it, get to the point. It was like a little bit over the line, not completely over the line for me. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Um, So let's talk about the first guy that she meets, um, Uh Milan. Uh Okay. And what do you think his whole purpose uh, was in the book? Like, now I'm talking about instead of just the beginning, but, like, overall in the whole book, why do you think mm-hmm. the art, the author included him in the story? Why, ooh. <clears throat> why do I think she included him in the story? I mean, I feel like his purpose was, like, to show her that she can attempt you know dating again after losing her husband at least that's how i saw it what do you think um and i agree with you but what do you think why do you think it was so important that he called her at the end of the book were you surprised that that's who called her at the end i was very surprised i was like it made me feel good for her like happy for her like oh you know you got somebody on your side like you can even we can get to her later, but you got someone on your side, like supporting you and like through this real messy situation. And I was just really surprised that it was him out of all people. I'm like, Oh, well, that was nice. Like, okay. So yeah, I don't know. What were your thoughts on that? I really, I really liked Milan, like from the beginning. And I think it's because the way that she describes him and like the picture in my head, he's very much, somebody I would be attracted to in real life, like that type of like man. 
So I, I, I was very sad when she started talking to Nazir. Yeah. But, um, but I mean, she did a good job of explaining in the beginning, like you could tell from the way that their, their story, part of the story progressed that they weren't going to end up together. So it's not like I felt like shocked or anything, but I was a little sad. And then I was very surprised when he called that, that it was him, but I, it was one of the more um, telling moments for me. Like, uh, like it really helped kind of close the story a little bit for me because it felt like she still had this little bit of guilt, you know, left because of mm-hmm. what she, what, you know, ultimately that was his dad. Like, and yeah. he told her like, yo, let that shit go. Like you good. You got to follow what's your, what's in your heart and let the guilt of what he's feeling be his. Yeah. Because it didn't work yeah. out, but it worked out with somebody else. And yeah, it's a fucked up situation who it is. But at the end of the day, your responsibility is not his happiness. Right. And, right. um, yeah, I think I and also I think he he felt like a safe space for her. Like he was somebody she didn't even know what he was going through, but she could tell he was going through something. And so sometimes yeah. I kind of want to say misery loves company, but it wasn't like on that like vindictive type of level. It was just more like yeah. you're hurting, I'm hurting, so you could understand and we could just be in the same place and not have to right. feel for a little bit. Right. I just I really love the how can I say? Like the level of respect in Milan and Faye's re- um, relationship. Mm-hmm. Like they knew what it was that they had. They respected that. Um, and they, even when they parted ways, it was still very respectful. Like I like that um, connection that they had within their relationship. So I did like Milan. I like Milan a lot. Um, so at, just like you, I was very shocked. Yeah, when it when, was him that you know, called. Shocked, but and happy. when Nazir came, yeah, yeah, and then honestly, what Milan told her at the at the end of the book, I had started developing those same thoughts as as I was reading the book. So I was glad that someone told her because I don't think anybody else in her circle was gonna, you know, tell her what Milan said. So I was really happy about that phone call because I'm like, she needed to hear somebody tell her like. It's fucked up, but at the end of the day, it's your life, it's your happiness, do what makes you happy. So, because everybody else was telling her not to, or mm-hmm. you crazy. Granted, it is, you know, it's very fucked up, but yes. that's her life, you know? Like, right. And you know, it's funny because I'm going to be honest, I bought the book uh, long before we even did, before I even found your page, um, and I didn't read it. But I bought it mostly because everybody else was talking about it. And so I was like, oh, let me see what the hype about. <laughs> let me see what the hype about. I had no idea what the story was about. And I just didn't read the inside cover because I feel like that always gives away the book. Um, so when they get there and she sees his dad and it's obviously that they're feeling something in that first moment. I'm like, no, she ain't about to sleep with his daddy. I was like, well, maybe we got the hot ghetto mess coming. Just maybe the hot ghetto mess is in this book. 
Uh, it still wasn't the same, but you know, yeah. going from son to daddy is definitely how I get a mess. Yeah, so yeah. I, I wasn't yeah. I wasn't very happy with her. But at the same time, like it was like Milan said, like you I can't respect do anything but respect you looking out for you and you trying to heal yeah. in the way that works for you. Like okay. healing looks different, grieving looks different for every single person. So who is anybody else to tell you what that process is going to look like for you and how you're going to respond? And who is it for anybody else to say that you're wrong and for how you respond? Right. And so that I think over, over the book, like you said, if it, it was nice to have somebody extra nice to have mm-hmm. Milan, but to have anybody come back around and kind of close that loop for her and say, Hey, this is okay. He's going to be okay. Right. So, I love Milan. Sorry about the background. It's outside. Oh, my no. <laughs> no worries, because I'm be, okay. i praying that my neighbor doesn't start doing whatever noise he be making. It's like he always knows when I'm <laughs> recording, because I don't ever hear this noise any other time, so don't worry <laughs> about it. Um, but yeah, uh, I love Milan, and I want to find a Milan. Like, I imagine that, like, the girl he was having trouble with or whatever, but he trying to work it out now, that's me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, we had our problems. See, I, I, was telling, I was telling myself I wanted to find a Nazir before before the big blow up. I was like, oh my God, he's so perfect. I want him. Like, girl, you if you want his daddy, let me get him at least. <laughs> and my thoughts, my thoughts about him kind of changed. Like, you know, when he had that blow up, I definitely understood his anger, but I do think it was a bit excessive. <laughs> a bit. <coughs> just, yeah. Just a smidge. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, <coughs> yeah. I want Nazir. So, speaking about Nazir, which, honestly, I didn't really like him at all at any point in the book. There were times where I understood him and understood why he felt the way he felt. I said, I didn't really care for you. But I also really did not care yeah. for you, if that makes sense. Like, he he never really clicked for me. I think I always, somehow always knew that he was, like, a conduit for something else. So I really never uh-huh. paid attention to him. But right. what... What was it about him that you were like, oh, that's my, that's my man? <laughs> <laughs> he just, uh, see, as for me, respect. Like, he seemed, he seemed before that incident very respectful. I like that he honored her boundaries. Like, you know, let's just be friends. Um, we don't, you know, we're not going to have sex. Like, those type of things. I like that he honored that and still, you know, was... Because a lot of times when guys pursue a girl and you say, hey, let's just be friends, they're like, oh, you friends on me and they don't want to talk to you anymore. Nazir didn't do that. He kind of was like, all right, I respect that. You know, we can go at your pace, which for me, I was like, oh, I like that. Like, he's not trying to pressure her. Like, you know, he's still being there for her. However, however she, you know, she needs him to show up. I liked how he showed interest in her art. Um, I think that's kind of like what stood out the most for me. Like he was very, very like inter- interested in it. And the fact that he flew her to a whole nother 
you know, I don't know if it was another country or what, but, you know, just for her to get her art exposure from me, I was like, oh, I love that. <laughs> so that's to the creative why I, yeah, I was like, oh, I love that. Like, I would love for a man to come do that, you know, with me when it comes to my, my art and my poetry. So he clicked for me. Milan didn't click for me. I, I was like, okay, as soon as the first thing happened in the bathroom, I was like, oh, I already know he's not going to be here for so, yeah, well, and that's what I said. I knew too, and maybe it's because I may possibly be in that point of my life where I'm like, not, nah, I'm here for a good time, not a long time, and yeah, and so like I was like, oh, he would be exactly what I'm looking, or he is exactly kind of what I'm looking for right now. Like he good, he here for a good mm-hmm. time, not a long time, but he's still like gentlemanly. He's still a cool person to talk to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the end of the day, I know this thing. We just gonna be friends. Like somebody right, who's right. a friend, like because you you were talking about um, how guys react to getting friend zone, and you're right, they either completely fall off, but sometimes they don't listen. They just like take that as a challenge to right. push up on you harder. Which I do like that Nas respected that boundary. Like he didn't he didn't go away, but he also didn't challenge her. He like let her set the pace, which I love. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. I don't know how I got here. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> it happens at least once an episode. <laughs> and I, I keep saying I'm going to get like a button or something to like make a noise for <laughs> like when I lose my train of thought. <laughs> but I love, yeah, I love me some Milan and any Milans out there, feel free to slide in the DM. <laughs> so, um, do you think that, or better this way, how do you think Fahey really actually fe- felt about Nazir before they went on the trip? Like, she didn't know. But you, as the omniscient reader, I don't think I said that word right, but y'all know what I mean. Like, how do you think she felt about him just based on her actions and, like, thought processes? I don't think she really liked him like that. Me I think, yeah. I don't think, I think he was, like, textbook uh, the perfect guy, but that's not what she liked, like. Mm-hmm. And I, I think she kind of like kept him around because he was a good guy, but I don't think she liked him on a level of let's get in a, you know, a committed relationship. Right. That's what I said too. Is and that... not necessarily think she thought anything was wrong with him. I think for her, it just, it just wasn't there. It just didn't click. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's why I, I, I feel the same. I, I was saying that um, I think she liked his company. And, like, having somebody there, especially somebody who was so respectful and somebody who would not push her. And she liked having that somebody, but it it didn't necessarily matter that it was him. And... Yeah. And, um... I think she was, like you said, she was trying to force the quote-unquote right guy, but he really wasn't... Mm-hmm. Like, deep down, I think she knew from the beginning that he was not the right guy for her. 
because that's why she was right. so hesitant to even go on the dates with him and do all these other things. Like she always had to call Joy and get Joy's like having to push her into these things because deep down inside she knew he wasn't the right one. Now, obviously, it's a good thing Joy mm-hmm. did push her into these things because, you know, otherwise there would be no story. But I think that's what yeah. it is. But I, no, also, you I know, agree. She, there was, no. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> oh, no. Um, I was going to say, you know, I feel like there's this. I don't want to say. Oh, I'm trying to think of the right word. Um, thought process that, oh, because he's a good guy. Like, the, I'm the one who's the problem, so I have to fix me. And, you know, I need to figure out how to make myself want this person because he's such a great guy. And, yeah. you know, people are, there are good people in the world like that. It, it, sometimes it's hard to believe. I fully understand that living in 2022. It is very hard to believe that there are good people in this world. But let me tell you, there are. That does not mean that they're the right person for you. You can be mm-hmm. a good person and still be the wrong person. And I agree. Yeah, and I think that is was his whole point of being in the story was to show like you can be everything that you would think somebody wants and they don't want you. And right. That makes me also think about like this may be a tangent, but um, there is always, or lately in the last few years, there's been like a surge of domestic violence against women from the quote unquote, the good guy. And people say, well, he's the good guy. He couldn't, you know, she must've done something or he, that couldn't have happened that way because he's a good guy. Why would he do that? And yeah. It really, I think when when he had his outburst, that's what it reminded me of. Another quote-unquote good guy showing his real true colors. And we're just supposed to accept it because you're valid in your feelings. Mm -hmm. But we're supposed to just accept your reaction because you're valid in your feelings. Yes. And also in our society... I feel like um, they would have flipped that whole narrative of that's just, you know the good guy who went crazy on his girlfriend because she was talking to his dad. I feel like they would have kind of honed in on the fact that she was wrong because she was talking to his dad versus like this person got super aggressive, you know, or violent mm-hmm. with you know her or whatever. So I feel like the society that we live in, they definitely would have flipped the narrative to still make him look like the good guy. Right. Well, I mean, yeah, he got mad, but she slept with his dad. She's a hoe. Like, Mm -hmm. she ruined their family. Like, it's it's all about what... um, There's no accountability um, just Mm -hmm. because you're the quote-unquote good guy. And it really is something that I think, especially in, in the black community needs to be called out more because that's part of the reason why things happen behind closed doors is because people put on these um, masks to be the quote-unquote good guy and then when something does happen and they're called out on it they know that nobody is going to 
go against them because they're that good guy. And so it actually made me really mad um, with Nazir because I always want the black man to do better than that. Yeah, right. Like, I feel like that's what they stereotype, stereotype you as. That's what they say they're going to do. And so I expect you to be better than that. Now, again, 100% valid in your feelings. I get it. I would be, and honestly, I say that, but I want to give space for him to be a human because I could not tell you how I would react in his shoes. Yes, I get it. I get it. Because I also know I have a a pretty mean rage streak when when you get to that level. So I understand how hard it must, how hard it is to rein that in. But it's still an expectation. It doesn't take away from the expectation that you are still supposed to figure out a way to rein it in. Yeah, and I think uh, during that, you know, that whole argument that they had. I started to also get angry with him too, but I really liked the fact how his dad, you know, came in and kind of told him, I don't, in so many words, I don't care how mad you are. You never speak to a woman like that. You never do those things. And I was like, thank you because I feel you. I feel you, Nazir. I feel you, but relax, like calm down, please, because you're in the wrong right now. And I was glad that his dad held him accountable. You know, although, He's a part of the, you know, the reason why he acted like that, but he still held him accountable, and I really appreciated that part of the book. So I was like, okay, Alan, yeah. you'll be a little cool for me. <laughs> oh, wait, so how did you say his name? Alan. Oh, I said Aline. Aline, you're probably right. <laughs> no, I don't know. Now I want to, now I'm not sure if I'm right or you're right. I don't know. <laughs> Man, some, okay, somebody tell us how to say all the names. Well, I know yeah. Joy, I know Milan, I know Nazir, uh, Lorraine. Mm-hmm. That's about it. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I definitely yeah. loved when the dad came in and checked him and was like, and I thought that was very important to have in the book, to have mm-hmm. um, another black man, regardless that he's your father and he's part of the reason that this is going on, another black man tell another black man that you're in the fucking wrong. And that yeah. you don't ever do this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, because there was a, like, when I was reading, there was a minute I was scared. I was worried. I was like, please, please don't do it. That's all. And I'm sitting here reading the pages and I'm like, please, please, please don't do it. Because <laughs> I don't want you to be that person. Like, oh. yeah. Yeah, that was yeah. a hard part for me. I agree. And, Cause as I was reading it, I was actually like picturing a movie in my head. I have like people who I feel like will play each character and things like that. Okay. So I feel like every time I think of, do you do that? Yes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was going to leave that question till the end, but you brought it up. So now we have to talk about oh, okay. it. who is playing who. Okay. So I feel like Kiki Palmer is Joy. She gives me, because Joy, you know, Joy is, you know, lesbian. And I feel like she's going to tell you. How it is, it gives Kiki Palmer. I can see that. Um, I haven't quite found anybody for Faye yet. Me either. I I haven't found anyone for her. Um, Nazir, I found, I feel like Michael Ely Ely because he can play like that that very charming guy, like perfect guy, but I can also see that rage in him and that crazy side because, you know, 
she dropped the kids out the window for um <laughs> for color. So like I can never see him the same. So he gives me Nazir. <laughs> Look, I saw that movie one time and was so traumatized. I have not watched it again. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have not been able to watch it again. I actually completely forgot about that. So every time rough. I think of my family, I think of like a very handsome guy who's crazy, and that's how I feel about Nazir. Yeah, um, I didn't get Nazir. I I was only able to like think of one like one person. Like I can visualize them in my head, but they're not famous people. They're just like yeah. what I visualize. But yeah. Aleem, I pictured him like an older Luke James. Okay. But like I that very Leon. who? Leon. Yes. That's still kind of in yeah. that realm. Yeah, but that like very commanding. Mm-hmm. Um but like there's something dark and sad. Um nice, dark, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful dark skin. I, I picture, yeah, I picture, like, a very smooth-talking, like, guy, like, tall, dark, and handsome man who, like, he, if he just look at you, you're like, oh, my God. Like, that's how I picture him, like, mm-hmm. a very beautiful, elegant man. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I'm having, like, the hardest time. Like, again, I could picture Fahey in my head, but I can't think of who she would look like. Yeah. Same with Nazir. I can picture him in my head, but he doesn't look, he doesn't, I picture him like somebody I went to high school with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm like, but who does he look like? And I, I can't really think of anybody, but very much still the, the like tall, dark and handsome, a little skinny dreads. Um, yeah. Okay. Oh, you see, you see dreads? Really? Mm-hmm. On Nazir, not yeah. Not the Nazir. Dad. I picture him very average height. Um yeah, very average height. For um Milan, he gives me like I don't know why I always felt like Morris Chestnut vibes. Mm. That's all like I don't know, like that's what I always got from him. I'm picturing more like do you watch sisters? Mm-hmm. Uh, what's his name? Zach, but taller and a little bit darker. That's and see, that's how I would picture Nazir. <laughs> like Zach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Wow. But Milan, that's and again, maybe it's just because like I really feel like Milan was written for me, <laughs> but like, mm-hmm. and so I'm like, what? I'm thinking of my taste, and it's normally like that, like a little bit thicker kind of football player-ish, very almost squarish head, but a very pretty face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. That's what I picture. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know about Faye. She's the only one who I can't really... Even the, the like, this face doesn't even resonate with me Mm-mm. when I read it. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I was, I was thinking maybe... Angela Bassett when she was younger. Like Stella got grew back younger? Yeah, but younger. Because like that's what I think of when I think of her. 
is selling a group, got her group back. I was like, but she was like supposed to be playing like a 40 year old in that. Mm-hmm. So I was like, maybe Stella got her groove back when she was like in her 20s. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Or like, um, t- you know, Tika something, something. That's what mm. I could see that. that. That's probably better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I could see it. I think Tika Sumter is better. A lot better. I think that's good. Uh, what's her name? Taylor Page. I have a picture in my head what she looks like, but I don't know if I'm thinking of the right person. Let me see. <laughs> I know. Now I'm like, let me look her up her face. You're looking it up too? Yeah. <laughs> but isn't her name? Yeah, there we go. I was going to say, isn't her name spelled funny? Or not funny, yeah. but. What are you? Yeah. 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 yeah, no, not her. No. Mortika. Mortika. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Mortika. I think I think Kiki Palmer as Joy is perfect though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like I every, every time Joy came up, I'm like, oh, that's Kiki Palmer. Yeah, that's just, that's a I good one. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So it's funny because we already talked a little bit about my next question about um, when Nazir found out and how he reacted. Um, and how we felt about how he reacted. But how'd you feel about Fahey's reaction when they were at the house? When they were arguing? Yeah. Um, and her being scared and everything? hmm I mean, I understood her because I was scared. Like, I was scared uh, while I was reading it. And um, I did not like how she reacted once she got with um, the dad, like immediately after the um, the argument, she was in the bed crying and then, you know, I guess she started to touch on him afterwards and I, I don't know, it just, it kind of confused me a little bit. Like, are you sad about what just happened? Are you scared? Or I don't know, it was, it was kind of weird. Yeah, because I think that was yeah. like the first time they had sex, right? Or... So that was another. I didn't even realize they had sex until like towards the ending of the book. Yeah, because they didn't say it. It just like kind of like in the movies where it just like fades to black. <laughs> Cause, yeah. Because I reread specifically, so I for this question, I reread the part about the the argument earlier, mm-hmm. and it very much was the argument. Then she wanted to go take take a nap, and then he came to check on her. Bunch of confusion. <laughs> He said, I'm going to go take a shower. And she basically said, let me, I need a striptease. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, I'm like, what just happened? Right. It was like, very abrupt changes of feeling. Yeah. But I'm I mean, like, at the same time, I also think that that was intentional. Or I, I, I assume that it was intentional because uh, it's life. It's very much a, I think the... The pattern of back and forth for her in terms of her emotions, whether they're good, bad, I want to have sex, I don't, I want to find love, I don't. I think that is like one of the most prevalent patterns through the whole book is her ability to not decide what she actually wants. Um, yeah. and so I think that's why that happened the way it did. But it did feel very abrupt. <laughs> yep. And now that I think about it, like, Faye kind of runs from her emotions, and I feel like 
that moment was kind of like her way of feeling something good after the whole thing that happened with her, you know, like the argument. And I think she maybe just wanted to feel something following that argument. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Because it was kind of, it was like, girl, what you doing? Like, <laughs> what's happening right now? So, yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, I've, I, um, I don't know. It was weird. I felt I felt scared, but more scared that he was going to do like I was more scared for Nazir. I didn't want Nazir to be that person. I paid more attention to him in that moment and what he was doing than her. And I don't know. It just of course you're going to be scared, but I also felt like say something, do something, like, don't let him do, like, say these things to you. And, I don't know. I don't know why I felt that way. But I was more worried about him doing something, and I wanted, but I wanted her to fight back more. Yeah. I think, and I think that was her goal when he came to the studio or wherever, where her artwork was. And she kind of like told him, if you come here again, I'm going to do this, do this and that and whatever. So I feel like that was her time where she probably probably talked to herself like, nah, you're not about to handle me like you did last time. I'm going to stand up for myself and my artwork now. And I think that was her moment because maybe she felt silenced in the time before that. Because when she kind of got in his ass that second time, I was like, exactly. Right. Like. Yes. Right. Because <laughs> so that, that was the next thing I was going to ask you. So now how did that, how did your feelings about their dynamic change, you know, when they had that second interaction at the, at the art exhibit and yes, her at the art exhibit is what I was looking for, for her in the house. Mm-hmm. And I realized that's probably unrealistic when you're talking about human beings, like in life or whatever, but mm-hmm. I was so proud. <laughs> like, I felt like a proud little mama bear when she went what? off. And she said, she told Aline, don't you come up here. Because I got yeah. this. I said, yes, yeah. girl, handle your shit. Like, that, that part made me so proud. happy. Yeah. I was very proud. And, um, again, like, it needed to be said. She needed to get her power, you know, gain her power back. And I feel like maybe the last time she didn't speak up because... That was her first time ever seeing him like that. You know, he was the good guy. So that, you know, of course that scared the crap out of her. So the second time, I think she was more prepared. Like, okay, I know how he can get. Let me, let me get ready, you know, about for whatever's about to happen. So yeah, I was super proud of her. I was like, that's right, sis. Right. Tom, I will. She said, I don't care if I suck your daddy's dick in front of you and his daughter. I said, well, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Well, ma'am. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tell him how you really feel. I loved it. I yes. was happy for her. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Very much so. Okay. And then last one. How did you feel about their dynamic after their final conversation at the garden? The gazebo and all that. Mm-hmm. I think it was a very... um mature resolution, I would say. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I feel like 
they kind of help each other understand different things for each other. Like she helped him understand why she fell in love with his dad. He helped her understand that you are in love with my dad. Like, you know, because she didn't know that. So I feel like that conversation, the resolution was perfect because they, they both got something out of it. I think it could have been handled, you know, a little better because they were getting rude with each other and getting slick. But, you know, I understand. But I'm just glad that they got to a place where at the end they both could laugh. Right. Yeah. I I don't know how I feel about the last conversation because it wasn't, honestly, it wasn't that interesting to me. <laughs> like, it was a part that I could have done without. Like, I understand that was the way that she found out she was in love with him or whatever. But it to me, it didn't add any other substance to the story. Right. Right. Like... I think the fact that you they didn't really say anything new that they said from the second time is kind of yeah. what I felt. So I was like, it just felt like reiterating the same thing. But I mean, if that's what closure looks like for them, then, you know, who am I to say it's unnecessary? But, again, I think that was, again, another part where she got into her long prose. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Are they going to hug and kiss and make up? No? Okay, let's move it along. Um, yeah. But, yeah. But, overall, I was happy that they were, like, there would be no more of them. <laughs> in the st- right. I mean, this is the very end of the story anyways, but... Okay, we're done with that. Yeah. I would have liked to know more about uh, Lorraine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would I would like to know more about her and see more of their dynamic, Faye and Lorraine. Because <laughs> there, there was like some underlying issues there that mm-hmm. they never really kind of like addressed for real, and I wanted to know more. Well... Up until the point that they found out that she was messing with the Aline, I did too. After that, I was like, okay, well, now they're never going to be cool or anything. But up until that point, I was like, like, why doesn't she kick it with the sister? Or like, it'd be interesting to see what their dynamic was like in the mm-hmm. middle of her trying to figure out the dynamic between father and son. Right. Um. But yeah, there and I mean, even there was a couple of times where I was like, I wish she, they would have delved in deeper into Aleem and like just who he was. And because he was just like every time he was mentioned, it was a very commanding performance. Yeah. And so it just made me want to know more about him. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, but you know, the same could be said about Joy. The same could be said a little bit about Milan and ultimately the story is supposed to be Fahey so I was like because that was my reason for the three and a half originally was because I mm-hmm. wanted to know more mainly about Aleem and Joy because they were such big characters in the book but they never really right. delved into them and so that was my first initial reason for the three and a half but then I was like more I thought about it, I was like well I guess it's not really their story so I shouldn't really 
dock you because it's not. So I was like, okay, it'll, yeah. it'll get a four. But I do wish those parts were there, especially yeah. uh, Aleem and Joy. Yeah, Joy was actually my favorite <laughs> yeah. out of the book. And I would have loved to also know more about her. Like, yeah, she she was, to me, the voice of reason. However, I can tell she had her own shit going on. And, you know, she, like, married women, too. So, but, yeah, I would love to know more about Joy. Cause she was, she seemed like a person for the most part right and um there was they even like talked about joy and Fahey's you know history together and but never expanded on it yeah and, yeah and honestly actually that was one of the things that I really enjoyed about the book the most was that the, the range of the characters like mm-hmm. most of the characters were shown in at least one time or another in connection with another person. And I think it really just speaks to like the fact that we all have lives outside of each other and, and relationships outside of each other. And, um, so one of the quotes that, um, I found that I really liked, uh, was there are so many different types of love, so many ways someone can stay committed to you, staying in life, even if y'all aren't together, you know, and none of those ways are more important than the other. And I, that's the part that it really spoke to me. It was like, you can have all these relationships with all these different people and they can all be love and they can all be different degrees of love, but it doesn't make them any less or more special. You know, you right. decide that. Like your experience decides that. Your relationship with the person decides that. Um, and... And like and like I said, and and one of the biggest ones was Fahey and Joy because she mentions very briefly that Joy was the first woman that she ever loved in like a non platonic way, but that it didn't work out. But she turns out to be her best friend, and mm-hmm. you know, so they have that love. And I think that was really what just proved like you can think something's gonna work out one way and and it can work out a completely different way and that way can be even better or it can be worse right. but it doesn't make it less important mm-hmm. and that and honestly that sounds like a pattern of things like now that i think about it because that was her and joy that was her and milan and that was her and nazir like they tried it didn't work but there's great friends afterwards so yeah interesting yeah, because, I mean, if you think about it, especially now, <clears throat> especially nowadays, women aren't supposed to date. They're not supposed to. They're just supposed to be with one person forever. And then, right. you know, no matter if that person fucks up every single fucking day, they're supposed to be with that one person forever, no matter what. And, you know, and if they're not, then they're a hub, obviously. Yep. And I love that she presented Fahey in so many different relationships and other people in so many different relationships because that's literally how you find the person you're looking for. You have to try. (laughs) You have to date people to find whoever it is is going to be, you know, Mm -hmm. your person. And that's okay. Like, that's exactly what you're supposed to do and that's what these men do, but we get chastised for it and called hoes and you know we're sleeping with everybody we're sleeping with the homie blah 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 even the yo homie didn't slept with all the groupies right right <laughs> but yeah. let's talk about what I'm doing <laughs> mm-hmm. 
So um, that part, like, it really kind of hit me because I think of like, um, like how they talk about like Lori Harvey and how she's for the streets and she's just dating everybody. She's supposed to. I was about to say, what what y'all want to do? Like, that's how life works. That's how you find out what you like. Y'all do the same thing with, with food. You do the same thing with literally everything. You try it. And if you don't like it, you you leave. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yep. And sometimes you leave, but that person still stays and they just become a different part of your life in a different capacity. Again, there's nothing wrong with that. Because you know right. You're supposed to hate your ex. You're supposed to always end on these horrible terms and never speak to them again. Mm-hmm. Or you could end up being best friends. Or he could just end up being the person who tells you, yo, stop the guilt trip. You're good. Right, right. Yeah. So that, that I think that was probably one of the biggest themes that hit me. Um and you know one of the one of the reasons for the stars or leaves the weed leaves. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So what about Aleem and Devon's relationship? And I really had to go look up that name because I cannot remember that man's name. Because <laughs> I mean, he was only talked about like you know on the outskirts of everything, but yeah. He has this relationship with another man, and apparently everybody in the town knows. Um, he is absolutely in love with this man, but his kids say, yo, I don't like it. Yeah. And so he leaves the second love of his life to be alone. How? What did that make you feel? Um, I was kind of sad for him. I was sad for him because I felt like, damn, like he's never, he's never going to be able to live his truth. And, you know, um, he's not going to be able to live his truth until, you know, if it's not, if his kids doesn't, you know, like it or whatever. And I felt like, how can I say it? I do not agree with their relationship. Um, Dad and Faye, I don't agree with it, but I understand you know, I understand, like, you know, you cannot stop love. And I, it made me sad that the, at the fact that he had to kind of put his life on hold just to please his kids. Right. So, yeah, I like it. <laughs> I think that relationship is um, a big reason why he fought so hard for his relationship with Fahey because I lost the first love of my life. I gave up the second love of my life. I'd be damned if I get a third right. chance and just let it fall through my right. fingers. Mm-hmm. Um, what was your favorite like aspect of Faye and Aleem's relationship? Like, what was that moment where you were just like, "Oh my gosh, they love each other"? Um, I don't know. I don't think I really had had that moment I think the only moment that I was like oh I like that was when he stood up to stood up for her during that argument because when I look at them all I see is trauma bond so I was looking at it from maybe like a therapist lid and I'm like oh this is it's cute but it's very unhealthy they're bonding over their trauma that's not gonna it's not gonna last mm-hmm. like that's how I'm looking at their relationship yeah it- 
it was funny to me because there was never really I felt like their their love story was second to one her finding herself and two figuring out the messiness of you sleeping with his daddy now. But like them I was just like I, I I liked that they could find peace peace in each other and that mm-hmm. they understood each other but it didn't feel like this romantic love story or this like I don't know it didn't really feel like a romance and maybe mm-hmm. like maybe like you said that's why because I I was like you're you're bonding over your grief yeah. And that doesn't sound sustainable. But, you know, if this is what you need to get through that grief, you know, you do what you do, do what you need to do. For that, I am happy for you. But is this really a long-term thing? Right. And um, so another one of my questions is, do you think that they will get married like they were talking about or do the long distance relationship thing and will they last? And do you think that Aleem, Nazir, and Lorraine will, what will happen with them? Um, I think that Lorraine will never like Faye ever, like ever. Um, I don't think that they will last. Um, I don't think Faye is ready to be in a serious relationship. I think she thinks she is, but she really isn't. So I could see her still, you know, leaving, uh, living her single life in New York on the side and messing things up with her um, album uh, or Aline. Yeah, I don't see that working out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't. I think it's they're in that honeymoon phase right now. Mm-hmm. But when shit get real and the relationship, you know, it starts to go through certain things, I don't think that they have what it takes to withstand. Yeah. What about Aleem and Nazir? Like, their relationship? I think they'll be okay. I think they'll be okay because I don't know. I mean, if they forgave him for the Devin situation, maybe they'll forgive him for this situation or the bond. Well, I mean, I don't think <laughs> Devon wasn't messing with either of them, so it's not. Not. Ooh, oh my gosh! I just thought of another way to make this a whole hot, a more hot ghetto mess. What if? Just what if Devon was originally with Lorraine? Oh my God. And you know what? Because Lorraine has a problem, like not a problem, but there is something bothering Lorraine when it comes to her dad. And that would be a good plot twist. Right? You done took both our peoples. Just stole them from us. No, but I, um, and I think that would probably have been another um, storyline that I think would have been interesting to learn a little bit more about uh, Lorraine and Aleem's relationship because yeah I did feel like I think I just would have liked to know more about Lorraine in general because she always felt like this 
random throw-in character and I just want to know how you fit into this more yeah. besides just being like if, like you said there felt like there was something there um, mm-hmm. right underneath the surface with Lorraine and I was like just what is that I just want to know like who are you what do you do yeah yeah I, I wanted to know more about her um, because how I pictured her in my head was every time she's at her dad's house she's just walk around with like this this attitude mm-hmm. just don't want to bother but and when I pictured her at her house I saw like this very vibrant person so I'm like hmm, I want to know more about her and why she has the switch and moves when she's at her dad's house versus when she's at her house um but yeah I pictured <coughs> I pictured um Lorraine like um, Lisa Ray, young Lisa Ray, um, yeah, Players Club, mm-hmm. like very much like maybe not Lisa Ray, um, in Players Club, but very much like attitude. I'm that bitch, you can't say shit yeah. to me, I don't care who you are, and not that that's a bad thing all the time but I feel like it can absolutely be the bad thing so I feel like it's bad when she's at her dad's house it's very much that snooty attitude I'm who are you and why are you invading my house feeling mm-hmm. and then when she gets yeah. home it's more like I'm the bad bitch kind of attitude right right yeah right um yeah, yeah I don't think they're gonna get married either I think that <laughs> I think that they'll have like a long distance relationship that won't work out um, for whatever reason. I, I didn't think of a reason, but I think, like you said, the trauma bonding is not something mm-hmm. that's going to be sustainable. And that's, you, he. I think he has a purpose. They each have a purpose in their lives and that purpose will pass. Right. Um, and, but I think that they'll always be friends. Like, I agree. I, I think Aline would be the, like, Milan, the random person who pops up in your life when you need them. Like, both of both of them would be that for her at some point in her lives. Um, and then I think that Aline and Nazir and Lorraine will definitely reconcile. Um, but that Nazir only starts coming back around when once they break up. Yes. Right. Yeah. And he comes right he comes back around and he's married. He'd have found the love of his life. Oh. And that's the only reason he brings them around is because his wife, he don't ever bring girlfriends around. Right. Yeah. yeah. He said, because I'm gonna have it on lockdown before they meet <laughs> right. you. Right. Because we're not doing this again. No. We're not no. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. Um so what about Joy? What did you think of Joy? I love Joy. Um, I, I just love, love saying Joy. that. Like she, wait, say it again? I just, don't you just love saying that? I love Joy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. She is very, um, I, I feel like she's a great friend. She seems like, you know, great personality. She gonna definitely tell you when you right or wrong. Um, but the therapist in me, I see the trauma. I know that she got something, like, something going on in her personal life that keeps drawing her to unavailable people. Um, and she's not open 
about it because I, I see how she shuts down when Faye will ask her certain questions about like, you know, her dating life. She kind of just like, yeah. So I'm like, hmm, I want to know more about you, Joy. But I really, I liked her. Yeah. She was, she was a good person to yeah. Faye. I loved her. I, I just loved how like, when she first tells him, she's like, oh my God, are you going to fuck his daddy? Like, yeah. I just love how direct she is. Um, and I feel like she is that kind of friend who is always going to be there for you, always going to give you the real, but always show you love. Um, but she is not the friend that expects or even looks for that in return. And I think that's why yeah. she shuts down is like, she's one of those, no, I'm here to help you. Like, I don't need help. I'm here yeah. to help you kind of people. And like, just kind of suffers in silence. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I really, I really like Joy. And I love that. I When I, when she said that her and Joy, like that was the first woman that she loved and that didn't work out. It, it made me respect her and Joy's relationship so much more. Because mm-hmm. that is something that could absolutely cause a rift in a friendship. Not even necessarily a bad rift, just maybe just an awkward rift. Like now you feel like you can't go around them because it's awkward. And I assume, I feel, I imagine in my head that Joy was like, Joy was like, nah, bitch, we still cool and you ain't going to be awkward. Yeah. You better be at my house tomorrow. So. Yeah. <laughs> just like that. Yeah, exactly. And so yeah. it made me really respect her and their relationship more. So I also really love Joy. I think that's why she named the her the character Joy, like really that that play on the word, because if yeah, you think no, about it, she yeah, she's she's basically telling her to go find her joy through the entire book. Mm-hmm. Like every piece of advice to her is to go find your joy. I love that. I didn't even think of it like that, but like hearing you say it, I'm like, that's so true. I love that. Yeah, yeah. So what do you think the news was that she has to t- tell Fahey? That is that if I could do anything in this book, if there was only one thing that I could edit about this book, it would be that we would find out what the fuck the news was that Joy had to tell Faye because I just I just need to know. I just need to know. I think the news is she the lady left her husband. I think it's that she didn't leave her husband, but they're back together. Or they're back messing around. Whatever it is, I know that it's something good because she was in good spirits. And so I know it, and it has something to do with that woman. So I know they talking, but I don't know if she left her husband or not. Yeah, I don't think she left, because now I read this book. I was, when we first started talking, I was already reading the book. So then I stopped and finished it right before today. Um, But from my recollection, Joy did not want the girl to tell the husband right yeah so and i think that's what i think she did or she maybe did tell the husband but her and the husband still trying to work it out and like things are back to usual these are back to how joy likes them quote unquote likes them because like you said i don't think she really likes them that way but they're back to normal or her her normal and uh Mm. yeah at first, yeah. I was going to say, I think it was going to be that she hit up Lorraine, but I was like, yo, that would be just too messy. Oh, my God. Because she was Ooh. trying to get at yeah, Lorraine, you remember? Yeah, at the 
like when he came, when she came with at the bar or something yeah. like that. So at first I was like, she gonna be like, I hit up Lorraine, but I was like, nah, that's too messy. She knows that that's Fahey's best friend, and I don't think she would answer the phone. Right. Yeah. Right. Hmm. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. Lorraine ain't never gonna like Fahey. Never, never, not. Oh never. yeah. Mm-mm. She could count that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I am a sister of a brother, and as a sister of a brother, once you cross my brother, I, we mm-hmm. never. Never again. Yeah. And you know, that may not be healthy, but it's fine. I, it's fine. <laughs> we human. Exactly. <laughs> um, okay. So the story was about love, it was about grief, it was about all these things. But for me, it was also about um, confronting your demons and confronting your imposter syndrome. Um, and I know imposter syndrome is something that I struggle with a lot. Um, and I know that Fahey struggled with it a lot in the story. So, but most of the time she overcome that imposter syndrome, like time after time after time again. What do you think was like your favorite moment of her, like facing her demons head on and saying like, look, we here and I'm gonna win so we can fight and then I'm going to win. I'm a little hot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I would say um, in that moment when she uh, when she confronted Nazir in the, at the museum or the studio place where her artwork was, I think that was her moment of like, no, like, I'm not, I'm not going to let you win. I'm about to, you know, stand up for myself and like you say face the demons like I don't care what I did but I'm not going to tolerate you talking to me or disrespecting my art like those type of things Mm -hmm. yeah for me it was even it was definitely I would say that would be my number two but for me it was just her accepting the the exhibit in the first place and I think it's because it resonates with me and like being scared to put my work out there and like doing it anyway and then it just being like the it, it it's accepted like that's something that I really like I see myself in that moment and so that was yeah. probably the the biggest like impactful moment for me was like look she over here life doing some shit you know yeah but she's still like you know what let's take this leap off this cliff real quick and see what happens and then, um, and then, like you said, she keeps doing it because she that the moment with her art and going off on Nazir was definitely facing demons. Yeah, yeah, and I also really appreciated how she, when she got there or whatever, and all of the you know the shit broke out with her, the dad, Nazir. She still made sure to complete her project. Like she didn't allow it to kind of consume her and she didn't finish what she came there to do so i really liked how she was still focused on i gotta get my stuff done like despite the craziness going on in my life i still gotta finish this project because that's what i came up here for and i was like yeah you go girl because yeah that is it's true i didn't even think about that but that is very like how many times have you run into a crossroad or a difficult time and then you kind of just like crawl back under the rock. And mm-hmm. I know for me, that's normally my first instinct. <laughs> so yeah, mm-hmm. to be able to like say, 
you know, shit is fucking crazy, but we still gonna get the work done. That is right. a very big facing a demon. And at that time, she may have been facing like four or five demons because there was a lot going on. We had a lot, a lot going on. So I was like, it just really touched me that she was still making sure her her artwork got done. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah. And it just goes to show like her passion and her, like how she really felt about her artwork. And I think that's why it was easier for her to stand up to him during that second time because it involved her artwork. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It wasn't yeah. just about her. It was more about her, her art, her relationship with, you know, her deceased husband. Like And Jonah's art was about Jonah, so yeah. I know that, you know. Yeah, he gave her strength, too. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I, I did like how he would um, make his presence known in certain areas, or, or the author would make the presence known in certain areas, like, that... I'm still, even though I'm not here with you, I'm still here with you. Yeah. Like that mm-hmm. doesn't, uh, death doesn't conquer the, the love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I, you know, after talking to you about this, I think I actually enjoy the book more. Yeah. yeah okay. It's still, that's good. still, <laughs> still four, four leaves, still four leaves, but a solid four leaves now. Mm-hmm. Like before I was going to eat. <laughs> Maybe, but no, solid four leaves because there's, I think you opened my eyes, especially that part about like going through the storm and like keeping, you know, true north through the storm to get to the end of your project. That is not something I really thought about. And I was like, hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she could have went home. She could have went back home. There was tons of times where she kept saying, should I go home? Do you want me to go home? And that actually really started frustrating me because I'm like, girl, he didn't told yeah. me like five or six times if you want to go, go. So just look, figure it out. Yeah. But um, yeah, I did I did really enjoy the book. Um, it is not what I usually read. And I don't know that... It touched me the same way it would have touched me if I had, I, if I was grieving. I think it would mm-hmm. have hit a lot harder and been a lot more like eye opening if right. I was in the midst of grieving, just because it's it would have been more relatable. Um, but with that said, and without knowing what Joy's news was. <laughs> I will say I very much enjoyed the book and it made me, um, I still pulled little gems from it, especially that one about, you know, there's different levels to loves and that you love different people in different ways and no way is more special than the other. Um, I think that part really, really is what stuck with me the most. Yeah. Yeah, so overall, um, you gave it four stars, but what what would be your final remarks on the book? On the book, um, definitely enjoyed it. I want more in the sense of like it kept me engaged, and I just want to know more. I want like a part two, <laughs> right? Because I feel like there was just so many. Not necessarily unanswered questions because they're not really questions. I just, like, there were so many characters whose stories I want to know. 
Yeah, I think all of the characters were very interesting. Yeah, all of them. Yes. And it's like, dang, I want to know more. Like, I want to know more about this person. I want to know why. Um, you know, just more about the connections that each of them have. Like, it's just I want like when you made a fool of death with your beauty part two or something. Right. <laughs> or Joy's edition. Yes, I will read that. Yeah, I think that would be good. Yeah. I fully agree. Yeah. <laughs> I would absolutely read Joy's story. Yeah. Um. Well, that was fun. I don't yeah. know that I've ever like sat and discussed a book with somebody. <laughs> so really? No. Did I do a good job? <laughs> no, you did. You oh. did a great job. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Because I was like, I don't know <laughs> what I'm talking about. <laughs> But no, well, you know, you made it very easy. It was a very uh, comfortable conversation. I hope for you as well. Yes. Um, but I think it's about that time to wrap up the smoke session. And even though I'm saying it's time to wrap up the smoke session, I'm gonna hit my joint or my my king palm again, and then we are <laughs> going to do our random ask question. Um, because what is highness without randomness, right? So, so the random ask question list is numbered four through 20 and you can pick a number and I will <coughs> ask you that question. Mm -hmm. <coughs> so I'm going to pick 18. Um, Okay, question 18. Yes. How many licks to get to the center of a Tootsie Roll Pop? <laughs> how many <laughs> How many licks does it take? To yeah. Get, um... Oh, wow. Seventy. I don't know. <laughs> we really are like kismet august babies or something because i was gonna say 73 mm -hmm. yeah like that, yeah probably like 70 ish yeah that feels very right to me yeah because <laughs> i feel like 100 might be a little too much 100 you're gonna be I, all the way down to the little like there's not even gonna be much of the yeah, little pop left. yeah so i would say like 70 i was actually gonna say 75 but I was like, mm, that's too close to 100, so I'm going to just keep it at 70. <laughs> yeah. I would say anywhere, I, 73, but 70 to 75 should be, mm -hmm. I think that's a safe spot. Yeah. It makes sense. Is there like a correct answer? I don't know, because I've tried, and I never <sighs> make it. <laughs> oh, my God. Now I'm about to Ooh, right <laughs> i'm telling you it's so hard because like you get distracted or something and then you just bite and it's like fuck i wasn't supposed to do that because that's what I, i'm like i don't eventually if it's small enough i'm gonna bite it i normally so. like and my attention span is quite short i know um yeah but i normally i think the most i've ever made it up to was like maybe 10 I'm gonna go buy some tomorrow. <laughs> right now, I want a Tootsie Roll pop, and I'm gonna see. <laughs> yeah, and see how if I can make it past ten. Yeah. Because I mean, I'm... somebody in the world knows. 
I'm yeah. sure if I Google it, I'll find the answer. No, yeah, I know. That's why I don't want to Google it because I, I, I agree. <laughs> I'm sure the answer is out there on the internet. But I'm gonna try. I want to find out on my own. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, you try. I'll try this weekend. You let me know. <laughs> yes. If you make it, and I'll let you know. <laughs> That's funny. I'm I'm so shocked that our numbers are so close. <laughs> um so before we get out of here because i think that was a whole ass episode of bluntly black girls i had so much fun i i really we have to do this again because i yeah. love to read and i love to smoke and i love to talk so why not do them all right yeah <laughs> yeah let me know i'm down for it definitely and then um, we're going to have to have the music episode, the astrology episode, the therapy. Like, girl, we just doing episodes everywhere. So, but I, I really um, very much enjoy uh, the stories that you post and talk about and the books that you read. So um, I'm sure I'll enjoy the music and all the other things as well. With that said, and speaking of all your multifaceted uh, entrepreneurial talents. Uh, tell the people where they can find you. All right. So my personal Instagram is it's Jackie B. So that's I T S J A C K I E B I H H. Um, and if you want to follow my bookstagram, you can follow us at the book joint underscore. And if you want to follow my music lovers page, you can follow it at Jackie's Joint. So it's Jackie B, the book joint underscore, and Jackie's Joints. Love it. And all of those will, of course, be in the show notes so that you can find her. Um, Yeah, I really, I really can't wait to go listen, look at the music because I want to see if we have like similar music taste as well. Um, so I just want to say thank you again for coming through and smoking with me, Jackie. Uh, this has been an amazing, fun time. You guys can follow us at Bluntly Black Girls on IG and Bluntly BLK Girls on Twitter. Visit the website and order your Intentional Highness box set. Or uh, you can visit the website just to find more podcast episodes where we talk with other Highness Queens and, you know, of other sister smoke sessions just talk shit and smoke and you know have some good times <laughs> comment rate subscribe talk to us let us know what book you're reading um let us know if we are pronouncing these names correctly because i am very big on pronouncing names correctly and i'm very sure i'm not <laughs> so <if> y'all know <laughs> how to say it please let me know um, and let us know your thoughts on the book. What was your favorite part? Whose story did you want to know next? We want to know Joy's, but maybe y'all want to know more about Aleem or Nazir's crazy ass. Let us know. Um, smoke a blunt, drink your water, and fuck what anybody got to say about being a bluntly black girl. And we're out. <laughs>